Welcome to the beautiful Hotel Stratford. Once a beacon of luxury and splendor, this now empty hotel looms tall over downtown Alton, Illinois, a stately but silent reminder of the energy and elegance that once existed inside these walls and along these downtown brick streets. But for some, like Carrie Miller, the sights and sounds and memories of the Stratford are still very much alive. Join us as Carrie helps bring these now silent walls back to life, helping to forever secure this landmark as an important part of Alton's history. This is Behind the Bricks, stories from the inside. I'm your host, Stephanie Young. The Stratford was built in 1909 and was originally called the Illini Hotel after a local Indian tribe. In 1925, it was purchased by E.J. Lockyer and was renamed the Hotel Stratford. The Stratford is known as being a fireproof hotel because it's made from all brick and reinforced steel and concrete. The architects who designed the Stratford also designed the beautiful St. Louis Cathedral Basilica. And upon entering the brick structure, you can immediately see hints of the hotel's unique design elements, such as the terracotta portico entryway and the carved face of the goddess Athena, looking down and greeting you both as you enter and leave the hotel. When I first meet Carrie inside, I'm immediately hit by what I see. What was once clearly an elegant and bustling hotel lobby has now been stripped almost bare. Dirt and plaster line the floor, and specks of sunlight try to make their way in through the boarded-up windows, casting some light into what is otherwise a dark and musty room. However, I then notice a single piano sitting in the middle of the lobby, and I see the check-in desk that still remains at the far end. And then, with Carrie's help, the lobby starts to come alive again. And I'm immediately transported back to the lively Hotel Stratford that Carrie knows and remembers so well. And we're here in the lobby of the Stratford. And as you come in the lobby on the left is the, uh, was the offices of the Slayton Pontius Stock Brokerage Company. And John Greenwood was the managing uh, a partner. And so that was the premier stockbroker in Alton for years and years and years. And then as you stand here in the, in the lobby, you'll see a, a baby grand piano. And the piano has been a fixture here at the Stratford for as long as I can remember. You look up at the ceiling, those were originally open to the upstairs. So when you walked up the steps, there was a, a, a wrought iron balcony where you could look down into the lobby. So someone playing the piano, that music would go. So if you're up on the second floor landing, you could hear the piano playing as you're waiting to go into the sky room. And uh, as we walk through here, the original uh, check-in desk is here. And what's interesting about that is it's still got the old 1940s, early 50s, what they call PBX board, where you had the cables you pull out like you used to see on uh, Laugh-In with uh, Lily Tomlin Ernestine. And it's still, and that, that, was, that was still functioning when they closed the hotel. He then walks me to the back of the lobby to where the Stratford's famous cocktail bar was located. And the hilltop room is, the, uh, is where the cocktail bar was. The words hilltop room and cocktails are still stenciled nicely on the wall to the entrance of the bar. And while the bar has since been stripped of all its furnishings, the design behind where the bar once sat and the turquoise colored walls helped to paint a picture of the fun that must have taken place in this room. Carrie helped set the scene for me. But over in the corner, right next to the restroom, was a what they called a banquette. It was a half circular uh, a seating arrangement with a table in it. And that's where all the power brokers used to hang out. And you'd come in here after work and anybody who was anybody was usually in here at some time. And I remember coming in and that table, especially at lunch, were usually attorneys. And they kind of like held court 
uh, almost every day because they all had offices within walking distance of the hotel here. They all worked downtown. Back in those days, everybody smoked. You, know, you tell a Gen Zer that you know we used to smoke on the airplanes, and they did their jaw drops down, their you know eyes get big, and like what were you, well, then what were we thinking? It was, but it was a different time. It was you know, the, the, the Mad Men era, and you walked in, and like I said, there there'd be uh, professional you know doctors, lawyers with their coats and ties on. Uh, you had union workers used to stay here. You know, if they got sent to town for some kind of a job, so you may have some, you know, some, you know, pipe fitters or boiler makers. You know, they're here, and so they're in there. You know, their blue shirt. You know, their overalls or you know their work work clothes, and they'd be right at the bar with with the other. Everybody was welcome. Everybody had a good time. Everybody smoking. And like I said, on a Friday, somebody's usually playing the piano over in the corner. Well, at the Stratford, I also spoke with Laverne Loxton who, like Carrie, frequented the Stratford back in its heyday. Laverne tells me she and her fellow teacher colleagues enjoyed visiting the Hilltop Room for happy hour. We, it was a bunch of us would come together and just it was just our get together after work. I didn't don't remember the music in there, but uh, we made too much noise you couldn't have heard it. <laughs> but it was it's just a good time to get together with a bunch we worked with. We could talk about all our problems for the day. <laughs> They had the best happy hour, they had the best snacks <laughs> and drinks. Carrie echoes that sentiment. It was just a, a, a typical friendly place. Uh, I said, no strangers. If, if you were a stranger when you walked in, you weren't a stranger when you left. It's also impossible not to notice the beautiful murals that line the upper half of the walls in the bar. Yeah, the paintings were done by a man named, they were signed by a man named Beatty, all except one. And they all, all except the one, uh, depict a uh, uh, cowboys, country, western, western expansion kind of a motif. And the legend always was that he was an itinerant artist and he checked into the hotel and couldn't afford to pay the, the hotel bill. So for, uh, in lieu of room and board, uh, they uh, allowed him to paint these uh, paintings and murals on the walls. The only one that doesn't have the western theme is one that depicts Marquette and Joliet in their canoe coming down the river and it shows the uh, bluffs and uh, some of the Native Americans uh, standing on the shoreline. And so that was not done by Beatty. We don't know who did that one, but that's the, 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 the urban legend always was that the guy couldn't pay his bill, so he traded his artistic talents for his uh, hotel bill. As we exit the bar, I asked Carrie about the small room located just off the hilltop room. This room, we used it for a small meeting room uh, back in the early days. When the hotel first opened, the story was that the ladies were not allowed inside the bar. So this was the ladies' waiting room, so if they came in to pick up their husband, uh, they could sit here and wait. Now, they could order a cocktail, but they weren't allowed to go into the bar with the men. That was back 19, you know, before Prohibition, early 1900s. Both Laverne and Carey explained that many of Alton's major corporations, such as Olin, Alton Boxboard, Owens, Illinois, and others, all had suites in the hotel where out-of-town executives could stay. I asked both Carrie and Laverne what the hotel rooms were like. They were small. I think they were small, and they had no air conditioning. When Owens, Illinois was down there, my husband worked out in Owens, Illinois, and some of the people out of Toledo, the big officers and that work, would come, and they would stay here, and, and we'd visit them up in their room and stuff. There was no air conditioning in those days. <laughs> and we'd, we'd come up there, and you had to knock at the door and tell them you had a lady with you because they had to get dressed. <laughs> Carrie then takes me into what was the Stratford's restaurant, located just off the lobby. Yeah, we're walking into the dining room. Uh, originally it was called the Riviera Room, now then it was called the Beef and Bird, 
kind of a simple uh, uh, name for uh, a restaurant. And this was, uh, they had Sunday brunch. My mother and I came here every Sunday after mass. You have two doors over here that goes back to the kitchen. They had the buffet line set up there and uh, had a large variety of food, some staples, and then they had rotating items. Uh, my favorite was Eggs Josephine, which was uh, like a white hard-boiled eggshell, and they would mix the eggs and spinach and whatever, and then kind of fill them. It was like a deviled egg, but uh, with spinach and stuff filling in it. And then she had a, a hash brown a casserole that, I don't know, all went into it, and then she would sprinkle um, cornflakes on top. Those are the two items I remember as being a couple of my favorites. He goes on to explain what's located above the restaurant. We're in the, we're in the restaurant, and above us, which originally was an open-air restaurant, and then it was later enclosed uh, when it switched from the Illini to the Stratford, it became the Sky Room, and that was the place to go for any kind of social event. We then, using the flashlights on our phones, very carefully and cautiously venture upstairs to the Sky Room, or what's left of it. The boarded-up windows now block what was once an incredible view of the river, and now make it nearly impossible to see the empty room. But Carrie does his best to set the scene for me. Well, we came up the, uh, the stairway, and uh, the main doors into the sky room were on the, uh, on the north end. And it's basically a big L-shaped room. In, in 1909, when the hotel opened as the Illini, this was an open-air restaurant. So it was a rooftop garden kind of thing with uh, Japanese lanterns and that kind of thing. And then when uh, the folks that bought it and changed the name to the Stratford, uh, they were the ones that enclosed this and made it a year-round uh, uh, event space. The main room faces uh, uh, across the street is, is Market Street, where the Grand Theater is, and then uh, the south side overlooks Broadway and the river. And at the corner of the one window, you can see the river. So you had a nice view of the river. You had everything you needed for a, for a nice big party. For a number of reasons, the Stratford eventually closed in 2011, after serving Alton for more than 100 years. Back in the lobby, as Carey continues to reminisce about his days at the Stratford, I ask him if he knew the last drink he had in the hilltop room was actually going to be his last. He laughs. No, but I actually, I was digging around in a, in a drawer not too long ago at home, and I found a business-sized card that says, I was going to bring it and I forgot, but it says, good for one free drink at the Hilltop Lounge. I thought, well, I waited too long to cash that one in. And... Laverne tells me she was heartbroken when she saw the current state of the hotel. However, Carrie seems to be unfazed by how it looks now. His memories and endless stories about time spent inside the Stratford's walls seem to be enough to keep him hopeful about its future. Hopefully somebody's gonna come along and do something with it. Just, we'll see what happens. Uh, I've been working as a tour guide for the cruise ships and uh, you know, we, we come down, we always get out at Lincoln Douglas Square and uh, I always look up at the hill and, and, and you know, the, the old sign still there on the corner, the remnants of the big neon sign on the corner. And it's like, oh, well, someday I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And I think someday something's gonna, gonna click. Behind the Bricks is written, edited, and produced by me, Stephanie Young, in collaboration with Alton Odyssey Tours. Theme music by Dale Lewis. Special thanks to Laverne Loxton and Carrie Miller. Mm -hmm.